This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Here, here is history. Excelsior. I'm Jay Severin. You are the best and brightest. And we prove it every day. Best and brightest is as best and brightest does. Here on the Blaze Radio Network. 1-888-900-3393. How are you? You wanted history? History is what you got. For the few of us unfamiliar with the National Review... It was established by William F. Buckley, Jr., the godfather of American conservatism, a title no one disputes, no one conservative has ever disputed, and it contains the writings and thoughts of virtually every prominent, it is quoted or uh, uh, contained uh, author's thoughts of virtually every prominent conservative in the last 75 years in America. Whatever conservatism is or isn't, whatever it means or doesn't mean, in this election and otherwise, there is no question that the National Review is the singular voice of American conservatism and has been for 75 years. That doesn't mean that you must agree with them in order to be a conservative. It just means that among political movements, conservatives have had agreement for 75 years on the articles and thoughts and publication and source which best consistently represented the conservative viewpoint. And that's the National Review of William F. Buckley. I had the joy of meeting Mr. Buckley, of corresponding with him. That means both ways during his lifetime. He was my hero, uh, along with some others, but other than my father, no bigger hero 
than Mr. Buckley. So if I have a bias, there it is. The entire American and, frankly, world political universe is aflame over the American Republican primary, I mean, the American election in general, the American Republican primary in particular, and most especially the feud between Cruz and Trump, and quintessentially the question as to whether Donald Trump is a conservative and therefore whether that matters. Is he a real conservative? And does it matter? All of this derives from the National Review special edition called Against Trump. This is the editorial in question, verbatim. Ready? Donald Trump leads the polls nationally and in most states in the race for the Republican presidential nomination. There are understandable reasons for his eminence, and he has shown impressive gut-level skill as a campaigner. But he is not deserving of conservative support in the caucuses and primaries. Trump is a philosophically unmoored, unmoored, a boat unmoored, unconnected, untethered, unanchored, political opportunist who would trash the broad conservative ideological consensus within the Republican Party in favor of a free-floating populism with strongman overtones. Trump's political opinions have wobbled all over the lot. The real estate mogul and reality TV star have supported has supported abortion, gun control, singer-payer health, a la Canada, punitive taxes on the wealthy. He and Bernie Sanders have shared more than funky outer, outer borough accents, meaning uh, Bernie is from Brooklyn and uh, Donald is from Queens. But he has lost that accent. It's necessary if you're going to do business in Manhattan uh, or get a girl in Manhattan to lose your uh, outer borough, uh, also called GU, for those of us from Manhattan, GU, geographic undesirable accent. Since declaring his candidacy, he has taken a more conservative line, yet there are great gaping holes in it. His signature issue is concern over immigration from Latin America, but also after Paris and San Bernardino from the Middle East. He has exploited the yawning gap between elite opinion in both parties and the public on the issue and feasted on the discontent over a government that can't be bothered to enforce its own laws, no matter how many times it says it will. But even on immigration, Trump often makes no sense and can't be relied upon. A few short years ago, Trump was criticizing Mitt Romney for having the temerity to propose self-deportation or the entirely reasonable policy of reducing the illegal population through attrition while enforcing the nation's immigration laws. Now, Trump is an illegal alien's hawk hawk. He pledges to build a wall along the southern border and to make Mexico pay for it. We need more fencing at the border, but the promise to make Mexico pay for it is a silly bluster. 
Trump says he will put a big door in his beautiful wall, an implicit endorsement of the dismayingly conventional view that current levels of legal immigration are fine. Trump seems unaware that a major contribution of his own written immigration plan is to question the economic impact of legal immigration and to call for reform. Indeed, in one Republican debate, he clearly had no idea what's in the plan and advocated increased legal immigration. These are not the meanderings of someone with well-informed, deeply held views on the topic. As for illegal immigration, Trump pledges to deport the 11 million illegals here in the United States, a Herculean administrative and logistical task beyond the capacity of the United States federal government. Trump piles on the absurdity by saying he would re-import many of the illegal aliens once they had been deported, which makes his policy a poorly disguised amnesty and a version of the similarly idiotic idea that appeared in one of Washington's periodic comprehensive immigration reforms. This plan would not survive its first contact with reality. On foreign policy, Trump is a nationalist at sea. Sometimes he wants to let Russia fight ISIS. Other times he wants to bomb the shite out of it. He is fixated on stealing Iraq's oil and casually suggested a few weeks ago a war crime, killing terrorists' families, as a tactic in the war on terror. For someone who wants to project strength, he has an astonishingly weak, uh, astonishing weakness for flattery, falling for Vladimir Putin after a few coquettish bats of the eyelashes from the Russian thug. All in all, Trump knows approximately as much about national security as he does about the nuclear triad, which is to say, nothing. Indeed, Trump's politics are those of an averagely well-informed businessman. That is, Washington's full of problems, I'm a problem solver, let me at them. But if you have no familiarity with the relevant details and the levers of power, and no clear principles to guide you, You will, like most tenderfeet, get rolled, especially if you are, at least by all outward indications, the most poll-obsessed politician in all of American history. Trump has shown no interest in limiting government, in reforming entitlements. Let me say again, Trump has shown no interest in limiting government, reforming entitlements, or in the Constitution of the United States. I will break away from the verbatim read of the National Review editorial, which is at the center of the historic storm we are in together. For a quick break, when we come back, I will continue and finish uh, briefly the read to you of the National Review editorial, followed by some other words that may surprise you, and then by our, my thoughts and yours, and those intermingled, which is going to make for one of the greatest greatest radio shows ever. This is Jay Severin, Severin. on the Blaze Radio Network. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. 
It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network, the world's attention, quite literally, every night, all night long on the BBC, or the world, is focused on Trump and Cruz, but right now on Trump, whether he's a conservative and whether it matters. I left off with the National Review editorial of verbatim read. Uh, I broke in a couple of times to clarify something or with a... You know, and you'll know when that happens. It's a verbatim read, uh, essentially, of the National Review editorial about which started all of this. A special copy of the National Review put online last night with the copy against Trump, which enlisted 22 of the mo- of the nation's most prominent conservatives. Uh, I'm sad to say I wasn't I'm not among them, although I always considered myself on that list. But you know who is? Glenn Beck. But more about that in due and immediate course. We we left off with this sentence. Quote, and quote until further notice. Quote, Trump has shown no interest in limiting government, reforming entitlement, or in the Constitution, you know, of the United States. Now, again, we haven't gotten to the question. Here's where I'm breaking away from the read. We haven't yet gotten to the question of whether you're a conservative or whether I am or whether that can be ascertained or, and here's the bottom line, whether it matters. But to the degree it may matter, if you have never shown a a lasting or compelling interest in limiting government, reforming entitlements, or in the Constitution, if that charge is true, then the person against whom that charge is made is ipso facto not a conservative. Again, for what that may mean, or not. Quote, he floats the idea of massive new taxes on imported goods and threats to retaliate against companies that do too much manufacturing overseas for his taste. His obsession is with winning, regardless of the means, a spirit that is anathema to the ordered liberty that conservatives hold dear and that depends for its preservation on limits on government power. The Tea Party represented a revival of an understanding of American greatness in these terms. 
an understanding to which Trump is tone deaf at best and implicitly hostile at worst. He appears to believe that the administrative state merely needs a new master rather than a new dispensation that cuts it down to size and curtails its power. It is unpopular to say in the year of the outsider, but it is not a recommendation that Trump has ever, sorry, never held public office. Since 1984, when Jesse Jackson ran for president with no credential other than words, both parties have been infested by candidates who have treated the presidency as an entry-level position. They are the excreances of instant hit media culture. The burdens and intricacies of leadership are special. Experience in other fields is not necessarily transferable. That is why all American presidents have been politicians or generals. Any candidate can promise the moon, but politicians have records of success, failure, or plain backsliding by which their promises may be judged. Trump could try to make his blankness a virtue by calling it a kind of innocence. But he is like a man with no credit history applying for a mortgage. Or in this case, applying to manage the $3.8 trillion budget and most fearsome military on earth. Trump's record as a businessman is hardly a recommendation for the highest office in this land. For all his success, Trump inherited a real estate fortune from his father, a breakaway which I noted yesterday, hours before this editorial was written. His wealth was inherited. He may have done well with it, but his father said at age 18, here's $200 million. Good luck, you poor little kid. Quote, few of us will ever have the experiences Trump did of having Daddy-O bail out our struggling enterprise with an illegal loan in the form of casino chips. Trump's primary work long ago became less about building anything than about branding himself and tending to his celebrity through a variety of entertainment ventures, from the WWE to his own reality show, The Apprentice. His business record reflects the often dubious norms of the milieu, using eminent domain to condemn and seize the property of private citizens, buying the good graces of politicians, including many Democrats. Trump has gotten far in the Republican race on brash manner, buffed over decades in New York tabloid culture. His refusal to back down from any gaffe, no matter how grotesque, suggests a healthy impertinence in the face of postmodern PC. Although the insults he hurls at anyone who crosses him also speak to a pettiness and a lack of basic civility. His promise to make America great again recalls the populism, sound familiar, of Andrew Jackson. But Jackson was an actual warrior, and President Jackson made many mistakes. Without Jackson's scars, what is Trump's rhetoric but show and strut? If Trump were to become president, the Republican nominee, or even a failed candidate with strong conservative support, what would that say about conservatives? The movement that ground down the Soviet Union and took the shine, at least temporarily, off socialism would have fallen in behind a huckster. The movement concerned with such permanent things as constitutional government, marriage, right to life, would have become a clack for Twitter feeds. 
Trump nevertheless offers a valuable warning for the Republican Party. If responsible men irresponsibly ignore an issue as important as immigration, it will be taken up by the reckless. If they cannot explain their beltway maneuvers, worse, if their maneuvering is indefensible, they will be rejected by their own voters. If they cannot advance a compelling working-class agenda, the legitimate anxieties and discontents of blue-collar workers will be exploited by demagogues. We sympathize with many of the complaints of Trump supporters about the GOP, but that doesn't make the mogul any less flawed a vessel for them. Some conservatives have made it their business to make excuses for Donald Trump and duly get pats on the head from him. Count us out. Donald Trump is a menace to American conservatism who would take the work of generations and trample it underfoot in behalf of a populism as heedless and crude as the Donald himself. End quote. The National Review. You can find this instantly and free, though I hope you'll wait till 5 o'clock Eastern at the National Review Online. Just go to your search engine, Google whatever, punch in NRO, NRO, punch it up, and then you'll find their editorial against Trump. This, These are not my words. I, re- I read this to you to put it in evidence so we can discuss it. Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. And these are my partners. You want to hear one of my partners? And again, I'm presenting this stuff to you. I don't have, I only have two hours. I don't have time to read editorials to you. This time is for you and me to opine and argue, not fight, but argue. But this is so important. This is such history at this instant in time that I can't not read it. This is the Blaze Radio Network. These are my partners. I have a much shorter editorial to read to you. Much, 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 much shorter. And probably far, far more important. Ready? As the election of 2008 approached, America was in crisis. And as we would soon learn, the crisis would not go to waste. Years after Bill Clinton disingenuously claimed that the era of big government was over, Obama won his party's nomination by promising its furious revenge. For constitutional conservatives, the Republican contest functioned less like a primary and more like an abandonment. Politically orphaned by their party, conservatives were forced to either stay home or hold their noses and vote for a progressive Republican. 
There was a silver lining, however. Rising out of the ashes of of that electoral defeat came the Tea Party. The media struggled to explain the Tea Party away as racist, xenophobic, jingoistic. But the truth is, the Tea Party did not arise because Barack Obama defeated his opposition. It arose because there was no opposition. Over the years, there have been endless fractures in the facade of individual freedom. But three policies provided the fuel that lit the Tea Party fire. Opposition to the stimulus, the auto bailouts, and the bank bailouts. Barack Obama supported all of them. And so did Donald Trump. While conservatives fought against auto bailouts, Donald Trump claimed, quote, the government should stand behind the auto companies 100% because they make wonderful products, end quote. While conservatives fought against the stimulus, does this include you? Donald Trump said it was, quote, just what we need, end quote, praising Obama's schemes of, quote, building infrastructure, building great projects, putting people to work, end quote. While conservatives fought against the bank bailouts, Donald Trump called them, quote, something that has to get done, end quote. Let his reasoning sink in for a moment. Quote, the government can take over companies and, frankly, take big chunks chunks of private companies. When conservatives, was this you? Desperately needed allies in the fight against big government, Donald Trump didn't stand, uh, is this you? Is my comment, not not the words of, of the author. When conservatives desperately needed allies in the fight against big government, Donald Trump didn't stand on the sidelines. He consistently advocated that your money be spent that your government grow, that your constitution be ignored. Sure, Trump's potential primary victory would provide Hillary Clinton with the easiest imaginable path to the White House. I repeat, Trump's potential primary victory would provide Hillary Clinton with the easiest imaginable path to the White House. But it's far worse than that. If Donald Trump wins the Republican nomination, there will once again be no opposition to an ever-expanding government. This is a crisis for conservatism. And, once again, this crisis will not go to waste. End quote, period, paragraph, end story. Those words? Well, they're right right here in the accreditation. Glenn Beck is a nationally syndicated radio host, the founder of The Blaze, a best-selling author, and I would add a visionary my boss, my friend, and the author of the words you just heard. 
and right now on an airplane, so far as I know, on his way to Iowa to campaign for the Constitution of the United States. For what he is for. Standing next to the candidate that I gather Glenn believes is the best available defender of the Constitution of the United States of America, which would be Ted Cruz. I thought I would share those things with you because we are living history right now. Now, I'm going to jump in with something that is so, well, it's not entirely disconnected at all. But let me say it still, though, this, this is going to seem, this may give us whiplash. This is so seemingly unconnected to what we've been discussing. Phone lines are open, by the way, and I'm ready to go to them if anyone wants to call. But, you know, if no one calls for two weeks, I've got notes in front of me that I just as soon get on a soapbox right now and finish at 5 o'clock and then hope that I get called to do two more hours. So it's up to you. It's always a better show with you than without you. one 888 In Australian, one triple eight nine double out double three nine three one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three so let me add the whiplash item here i don't want to tell you this on monday i want you to hear it from me if you haven't yet heard it And I want you to hear it from me if you have heard it, so you know I've heard it, and I'm paying attention. Hillary Clinton is blessed by the devil. The Clintons are blessed by the devil because their worst sins, including sedition, treason, among many other felonies and and gross misdeeds, often occur at a time when there's other news that smears, that smears them, that obscures them, including this week. This week we learned that Hillary has fundamentally lied. We learned a few things. One, Hillary has fundamentally lied. I never sent or received classified material. That has been, the by virtue of leaks from the Justice Department, that has been proven a lie. There are 150-plus FBI agents working on a prosecution, which may or may not occur, but the notion that she never sent to receive classified information is false. Number two, Hillary Clinton's private BlackBerry email, phone, server, etc., were all used privately in violation of every law of secrecy the United States has. Number three, by virtue of number two above, we know, and today it is reported by Fox News, that we absolutely know, not suspect, we know that Hillary Clinton's emails, our government top secret emails, were hacked. 
probably by foreign governments, including the Red Chinese Army. And I could give you a list of who has probably hacked them, but we know they've been hacked. Number four, the top secret emails that have been hacked are of an order of magnitude of secrecy and volume far, far greater than anything so far spoken or imagined. Number five, I believe it is, the nature of the top secrecy is the top of the uppermost, uttermost top secrecy of American secrets. Not only forget foreign policy, forget secrets, forget Defense Department, all of that. All of that's been hacked off Hillary's uh, private machines. But we learned today And the Pulitzer Prize this year, if it goes to anyone other than Catherine Herridge of Fox, will prove itself again to be fraudulent. The Pulitzer Prize this year goes to Catherine Herridge of Fox News Channel, who reported this morning, late last night, early this morning, that the emails hacked from Hillary's system included the utmost secret emails, utmost secrets, of America, period. You know what those are? They are the cover identities of our spies. As someone from the CIA said a couple of days ago, there is no doubt about it. As a result of this, as a result of what Hillary Clinton has done, and I'm going to say with a question, unintentionally or otherwise? As a result of what Hillary Clinton has done and what has happened, people are going to die. We now know who those people are. Our undercover heroes in the CIA. Their covers are blown. They're already dead or they're on the bullet train for a bullet to the brain thanks to Hillary Clinton. Are we going to do anything about it? Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Guys, if you only knew what you missed in the breaks. I mean, you know, as interesting as the show is, the breaks, you know, I was just discussing with the world's most cultured, informed, uh, and and, uh, elegant sea bass. Yes, there are some species that can speak. Uh, Sea bass that... Uh, a confirmation of a story I heard on the BBC last night when they were not busy in London chattering about Trump uh, and Cruz and all that, uh, that that Colombian men, though terrifically manly, are unique among South American men and cultures in that they take terrific care of their nails, that they buff and shine their nails and have their nails done 
as frequently as women. And one of the reasons for that is it's a cultural sign of um, of gentlemanliness, of power, uh, of social station, and also that girls love it. And I have it on good authority, uh, aforementioned, that the girls themselves are stunning. And you know what? If fingernails matter to stunning girls, then where's my Emory board? You know, let's let's get busy here. Okay, one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. So I want you to know the last thing we mentioned here is that Hillary Clinton has thus committed the highest form of treason. Unless you say the highest form would only be if she intended to give our greatest secrets to our enemies. If she did it for money. We can rule out that she did it for sex, I think. (laughs) Right? Uh, uh, I guess there are insane people everywhere, so you never know. But see, motive, and thank God the law, doesn't go to motive. What Hillary... If Hillary Clinton has done the things I've just reported to you via what Catherine Harridge has reported on Fox, if Catherine Harridge's reports are correct, if they are accurate, Hillary Clinton is guilty of sedition and treason. And in any other era of American politics, in any other era of America, America, Hillary Clinton would be hanged. Hillary Clinton would be hanged. She would first be given a trial. She'd first be indicted. She'd be tried. She'd be convicted by a jury of her peers. And she would be hanged. She would be hanged for treason. In any other era of America, that's only how serious what Hillary Clinton is accused of having done. If these accusations are accurate, she would have, hey, we executed the Rosenbergs 50, 60 years ago for treason, for giving the Russians our secrets. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. We are the Blaze Radio Network. I am Jay Severin. Hang on. You wanted history? History is what we've got. Excelsior. I'm Jay Severin. You are my partners. I love you. I am glad you're here. Thanks for flying the Jaily News. one 3393 on the Blaze Radio Network. We just simply don't have the time. I don't have, the, I don't have enough time. 
I've read to you the 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 is Trump a conservative and P.S. How much, if at all, does it matter? Is the center of the political public civic circus Maximus universe right now? And I've read to you the National Review editorial special edition last night because there no movement has as singular a spokes vehicle as do conservatives in the National Review founded by William F. Buckley. It pretty much over the years has defined what it's meant to be, you know, a constitutional conservative or, you know, to to hold some other view. And they decided this was so important. They are so exercised about what they regard as a fraud being perpetrated by Donald Trump that he is a conservative. Not that he shouldn't be allowed to run, not that he's not what he claims to be, except that when he claims to be a conservative, then it's a massive fraud, they say. And so they drew together all of their staff and 22 guest writers led by Glenn Beck, who all wrote columns, editorials, op-eds about why Donald Trump is not an editor is not a conservative and therefore not the best choice in this race. I read both of those to you, the National Reviews and Glenn Beck's. But if you miss them, you can go to NRO. That's it. NRO. Punch it. You've got it. National Review Online. You've got the magazine. You've got their uh, editorial against Trump. And you've got the uh, op-ed of Glenn Beck and all the other uh, 21 op-eds, uh, as as aforesaid, okay? Very important to me, especially given my experience on Twitter last night. And again, I, I when I think back on it, or when I thought back on it, I, I realized I only, the I, I disagreed. I probably generated... 50 or 60 tweets last night and 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 received hundreds and hundreds and do you know only probably three to five people who wrote to me there could be more but three to five people who actually wrote to me disagreed with me now you would think I would find that gratifying but actually I am one of those people that regard myself correctly, I think, as so reasonable that I don't understand how you disagree with me. Not because we don't, not because you, not because you don't think what I think, but as I kept trying to point out to those three to five rabid, you know, I spent the evening trying to convert the three to five rabid uh, people who were attacking me personally, and I kept repeating to them because, you know, I, I really do live in the false hope that everyone, at least anyone who would ever be in touch with me on Twitter or listen to this show, I live in the hope that everyone is reasonable. You know what I mean? You know what I mean. So I think this, the the second to last tweet I sent out last night was... Something like, said something like this, again, 
I am asking only this question. What is the evidence that Donald Trump is or ever has been a conservative? And and I alternately ask, and maybe you think that doesn't matter. A, A legitimate answer is, you know what? He's not. So what? Okay. I mean, so what? So it's supposed to matter in Republican presidential campaigns. Uh, It has mattered. It has been the only question for 150 years in Republican presidential campaigns. Doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it permanent. Doesn't make it anything. But this is addressed to the three to five rabid uh, tweeters last night, tweeps, who kept attacking me. All I ca- and I kept responding. I I think twice called someone a moron, but for, dem- for demonstrably evident reasons. Uh, but I really all I ever said was, "Give me the give me your argument, give me the evidence, please proffer the case, make the argument." Proffer the evidence that Trump is or ever has been a conservative. And I got viciously attacked for this. I just want, again, before we go to the phones, I want to be clear. I'm for someone and something. I'm for the Constitution. Therefore, I am for Ted Cruz. And I have been for years before he formally declared his candidacy. Something else. If you've been with me for a while, Guru Jay, holy cow! Do you know when I called this? Early last spring. Not this spring. Spring of 2014. On this show, I said, you know what we're headed for? A Republican Civil War. I actually called it the uncivil Republican Civil War. That's what we're headed for, a divorce, a breakup, an internal battle, a Republican civil war within the party itself. Do you remember, Guru Jay? Do you remember? But in any case, I'm very disappointed that anyone would have misinterpreted my remarks thus far as attacking Donald Trump. I am. I made fun of him yesterday by uh, calling him the Rocky Balboa of politics. Yeah, okay. I made fun of him. Everyone can be made fun of. I certainly know, including me. But the question here is, if I had a little fun sending him up, you know, what does that mean? Well, you know, the... The National Review calls him, as I've read today, a menace to American conservatism. Does it matter to anybody? Because the only question to me is, I'm a libertarian conservative. Are you? I think that matters. It's a set of principles. I need to know that you believe that, if we're going to agree. I need to know that you can affirmatively and articulately State your beliefs in smaller government, entitlement reform, less, you know, fewer taxes, uh, 
strong national defense, closing, defending the border, all of these things. It's a set of principles. I need to know these things. And, and, and Donald Trump has not affirmatively or well-articulated these things so far, other than a set of wisecracks or quips. That's not, you know, I mean, I don't think that's a cheap criticism. I think it's a very real criticism. But I'm not doing it to pick a fight. I'm doing it because I've been very clear. I don't mean to boast, but let me boast. If you're not with me, you ought to be. But you know why? Because I have had a clear mission statement from the beginning. And you know what that mission statement is? It isn't to elect Ted Cruz. That's secondary. I am not for men. I am for the Constitution. I do not support men. I support laws. I do not support men. I support the Constitution. I am not loyal to individuals. I am loyal to the Constitution of the United States. I want to know that you are too. Before, you, you not you, but you who may ask for my vote, I want to know affirmatively and articulately and confidently that you too are loyal to only one thing, the Constitution of the United States. But let me be crystal clear, as I have always been, I've had a mission statement. Beat Hillary Clinton. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. 1-888-900-3393. Partners on the phone, we're about to go to them. Let me make something clear. I am about to hit the punch the tweet button in a reply to uh, one of my tweets. The message from that tweet is the idea of Hillary Clinton as president makes me want to vomit. My response to that is, me too. And that's why I will vote for Donald Trump if he is the nominee. Hear me hit the send button? I don't know how many times. Let me hit it again. And again. And again, and again, I don't know how many times I have to say it. I'm in this, this is like, are you, are you a football fan? This is like hating somebody else if they're for a team different than yours. You know, in the end, they play, they play, they win, they lose. And then someone goes, you know, like you're, I mean, no one really knows NFC, AFC anymore. No one cares. They used to care. People used to care about that stuff. And, you know, you really were going to be for the AFC team over the NFC team. No one cares about that shite anymore. But in politics, they still do. We still do. And we still say, 
I'm going to vote for the most conservative candidate who can be elected. Did you recognize that phrase? That's William F. Buckley. That's 50 years ago. It's what I grew up with. It's what inspired me to be in politics. I will support the conservative, the most conservative candidate who can win. It was meant to be a dilemma. It is a dilemma. It's always going to be a dilemma. And honest people will face it honestly. Here, by the way, is the uh, privilege of membership. We have five callers on the line. I think we only have five lines at any given moment. Rocky was the last to call. Rocky's going to be the first to get on the air because he's Rocky. Welcome. Hey, Jay. Um, hey, Rock. I, I got I got to say, uh, just following up your point, don't throw in your cards, everybody. If 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 the if the Republican, such as Republicans are nowadays, if we can actually call right. them that, whatever that means, if, yeah. If you're, whatever that means, if 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 they don't make it there. Don't you dare say you're not going to vote. Don't you dare do that. That's disgusting. You can't let Hillary Clinton, or even worse, Bernie Sanders, although I don't think that he's ever going to get that far, you can't let them win. You have to stick to your guns. You have to make sure that we don't let the worst-case possible scenario happen. Which brings me Rocky, I think the thing that gets my goat the most is that the 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 again admittedly minority of people i had last night in this great twitter exchange uh including you uh and thank you for yeah, your support my friend uh, You're welcome. uh but 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 the the ones who were the few who were you know rabidly aggressive and irrational and and ad ad hominem like attacking me personally again i came back with just just give me you know the evidence but at the end of the day i don't know how many times i could say this if donald trump is the nominee i'll vote for him i'll lay down in front of a truck for him because my my only point is we're taking an unnecessary gamble with trump at this stage of the proceedings, because I want someone I know shares my views and has a history. I don't want to do it on blind faith. I want someone I know has you know lived a lifetime of getting ready to support my views. That, that is to say, the Constitution. And I'm not saying Trump won't. I'm saying there is no... I've never said he won't, Rocky. I've only said there is no available evidence of which I am aware that he will. There's no available evidence. And so I'm saying, show me the evidence, because I do have evidence that Ted Cruz will do that. I do not have evidence, you know, that that that, that Trump will. Look, if Trump turns out to be a conservative maverick, and, uh, you, know, you know, he'd be a better president than Cruz if he turns out to be a conservative. I think, because I think he'd be unchained. I think he'd be... A wonderful maniac. I think it would be great. But we can't afford for him to turn out to be uh, an Obama with blonder hair. I'm quite afraid. I'm quite afraid that that's going to be the case, Jay. I really think that uh, 
he is, he has ulterior motives underneath, and I think the almighty dollar, I mean, just look at the way he talks, and everything's huge, and he's got this, and he buys that. He's, he's going to be another power broker, and we got to look at, I mean, look at the people supporting him. I mean, he's even been in tight with Hillary Clinton, you know? Yeah. He's been in with yeah. uh, Boehner. He's been in with McConnell's. You know, he's 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 basically with all of the people that we know have demonstrated that they are not part of what's supposed to be the Republican Party, the party that is supposed to be conservative. He is not. He has not demonstrated that. Now, with all that right, let said, me let me let me let me position myself to the left of you, Rock. Believe it or not, okay. and say what I said yesterday. I believe in redemption, and I know you do. And so for that reason, I say, these are all things he's done. And I'm willing to forgive him or ignore what he's done. That's all in the past because I believe in redemption. But what? it's okay. The slate is clean as of this moment. Now, now that I've wiped the slate clean, what I want to know is show me the evidence that on a, in a given circumstance... I can rely on you being a reliable conservative. Show me the evidence. It's not there, Jay. And, and no, it isn't there. About the, people, the people that he is that he is working with, the people that he is gaining power from, the people that he deals with. And that word deal, go back to what he said about a cruise being nasty and that you can't deal with them. That scares me. And there is no evidence. There's lots of evidence, absolutely to the contrary, in fact. And he, he, you cannot trust. You cannot trust him. We've given him. You and I, Rock. I'm willing. I, I'm willing again because I sort of have to be. I'm willing to say everything Trump has ever done is okay with me. That he had to give to both sides because that's true. I explained yesterday. I grew up with Trump. I know. I happen to know Trump. I've known him socially, not as, as great buddies, but I've been, you know, I, I've explained that all. I know Trump grew up with him, uh, met Marla Maples. I know the whole thing, grew up at the New York Post, and, and it's okay. He did what he had to do then, but now, where is the evidence you're going to be a contra- uh, conservative tomorrow? On the Blaze Radio Network. Radio Network. Only with these partners. There are so many things we don't get to talk about. The Oscar boycott. Chris Rock is now being called an Uncle Tom because he's being tommed because he might host the Oscars. They're paying him a million dollars to host the Oscars. And he's being Uncle Tommed because he may host the Oscars and out of uh the you know the nominations, no a uh, black actor was nominated. Yeah, by all means, let us do everything with a color chart. Let's let's by all means let's like bring in paint chips and and say, let me see here, what do we have here? Does this is is ebony number four eleven? Is that black enough for you? What do you think, honey? 
Is ebony 411 black enough? What do you think? Or is cream ebony 296? Is that better? By all means, let us award one of the last things on earth that is judged by people within their industry, by their peers. Let us take one of the last things that is actually adjudged via merit and let's award it on the basis of skin color. By all means. I mean, what is stopping any rational person from awarding the Oscars best director, best actor, best actress? You know, why not? Of course, of course it should be based on color, not on merit. Well, let's let's get let's catch up here. Motion Academy Pictures uh, Arts and Sciences. Let's catch up here. What are you foul racists doing still using merit to judge things? We are uh, shifting back for a moment, only slightly. <laughs> we must beat Hillary Clinton. We must not allow Hillary Clinton or, or Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden or Michelle Obama or whoever or whoever it turns out to be if Hillary Clinton if there is a god and Hillary Clinton is in chains in solitary confinement in a penitentiary for the rest of her life that would be my second choice <clears throat> and someone else runs we must not permit a third and probably fourth Obama term. The United States of America is filled with fat, happy delusionals who believe that Rome fell, but America won't. The Greek Empire is forever, but America is okay. The Great British Empire. Uh, Britannia, Britannia rule away. The sun never sets on the British flag. And for 200 years, it was so. It ain't so anymore. With all due respect to our cousins across the pond. Cultures, civilizations, Rome, rise... And they fall. None has ever been able to avoid falling. Although your fellow citizens are absolutely certain, although they've never thought about it, they're absolutely certain that America, 265 years old, is here forever, no matter what. China, Russia, ISIS, North Korea, Iran, et al. beg to differ. If we don't do what we need to do to make sure, we will go the way surely go the way of all once great empires. We will die. And we will probably first die by our own hand. 
by our own corruption before we will die at the hands of a new master. Although, considering North Korea in the mix, I'm not entirely sure. His haircut alone frightens me. Jacob from the great state of Alabama, which uh, you may or may not have noticed, is yet again the college national football champions. It is, in fact, the NFL's 33rd franchise. Jacob, welcome, and roll tide. Hey, Jay, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Doing good. I'm glad to talk with you. Such a many stuff in the news recently with uh, Trump. No, Cruz no, I missed it. Wonderful. I just really enjoy your show. I'm just happy to get thank through you. today. I wasn't well, sure. Thank you, um, Jacob. Here about over today. Just actually, it was a 21st. That would be for me yesterday. Uh, no, is that female, right? A, no, you're right. That's yesterday. Died. All right. Woman, a Muslim woman uh, over there in Sierra Leone died, uh, actually contracted Ebola from her cousin. I would like to be her cousin, but she was the aunt of the lady that passed away from Ebola. Oh, so I, you know what? I'm so surprised I didn't hear that, listening as I do overnight to the BBC. So the Ebola, you know, the declaration that Ebola was gone and snuffed out in Africa was what, about three weeks old? Uh yeah, it was about two weeks, two or three weeks old now, yes. Yeah, but this is news just the 21st. That's and so now the ember, the deadly embers have rekindled again, have they? They have rekindled, yes, uh, they have rekindled. I was on the um, that website that tracks it. Uh, that Jacob, that are you the, the, the very most bright fellow who sends me these tweets about the uh, update about Ebola? Yes, I'm the patriot. Uh, American has the right to know. I'm, I'm the guy that runs that website, the Ebola Outbreak. Jacob, thank you so much. Tell us again what that website is. EbolaOutbreakMap.com. That's just add Outbreak Map after Ebola. It's pretty pretty easy to remember. And do it one more time. One more time for us. EbolaOutbreakMap.com. That's Ebola Outbreak map.com folks I, I i i couldn't really more heartily endorse this if you're interested in news which again given look at the things we don't get to talk about because of the immediacy of what we must talk about and 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 jacob sends me whenever i see a tweet he has a very distinctive uh graphic to identify his tweets and whenever i get one Man, and you know, and I get thousands. I see that that graphic, and I know it's something that's important and newsworthy, and something I'm going to want to see. So I couldn't, I couldn't more highly encourage you to sign on, sign up, go see whatever you do, uh, Jacob's uh, website and his updates, uh, because that's how I know what or whether Ebola or other of these deadly viruses is doing anything. Jacob, I, I thank you for your work, and I thank you for the phone call. Craig from Mass, welcome. Ah, Craig, brother. Jacob, instant, instant. Replay, replay. Foley from Michigan, Michigan. Jacob. Hey, how are you doing today? Good to talk to you again. I'm well, thank you. And, and, and I want you to be, so if you're from Flint, don't drink the water. I am not from Flint, not far from there, but uh, do not have that water. 
So isn't it I funny have, that uh, isn't it funny that you you had the, the no sorry not you isn't it funny that people and it's not funny at all uh, it's 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 curious odd queer and awful that the people of Flint Michigan are now suffering because they aren't drinking Detroit water that was the good water Detroit was the good water yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh goodness. Um, yeah. So, anyways, the the reason I'm calling is that uh, I, like you, am a a Ted Cruz guy, um, but I'm willing to to cast my vote for Trump if so necessary. There you go. But I have a I have a fear about Ted Cruz, and I, I, I don't know if it's founded or not, and I thought I would uh, ask your opinion. Uh, there's only to... one, but, I mean, I mean, again, I'm being obnoxious saying that, but there's only one, and that is he can't win. But go ahead. No, what, what, that is not what my do you fear. Th- All right. Well, so what is? My fear is, um, well, there's two of them, and they, they have to deal with his wife, actually, and not, not as much him. And... Uh, one is well, you mean his position. wife vis-a-vis his ability to get elected? Uh, no. It, it's more of her position with Goldman Sachs and then her former position with the Bush administration. Uh, well, you, do and, you believe that that is going to be material, materially influential in whether or not he gets elected if he's nominated? I'm not sure that it's that. It's more of a question of is it a conflict of interest in that um, the Fed has such tight relations with Goldman Sachs. All right, Jacob. And- uh, Jacob, I'm 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 going to thank you, but and ask you to move on to the next one, only because of time here. It's just okay. not a factor. I appreciate okay. that it's a factor for you. I don't mean to diminish it, but that's not a factor in this election, and it's not going sure. to be. What's your second okay. reservation? And it was just the, his wife's involvement with the uh, the Bush administration. And I okay, know, Jacob. You know, thank it, you for the call. Uh, Mrs. Cruz is not going to determine whether Mr. Cruz gets the nomination or whether they reside at sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue. We're talking here only about the things that will. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. And these are my partners. Guys, I posted this, and it's it's you can look it up at A Tale of Two Cows by Brett Turner. A Tale of Two Cows. I'm going to post it again. I've enjoyed this all my life. This is the most enjoyable feature of it I've ever seen. You ready? Because it's Friday, and damn it, we're going to laugh. Socialism. You have two cows. You are forced to give one to your neighbor. Communism. You have two cows. The state takes both and gives you some milk. Fascism. You have two cows. The state takes both and sells you some milk. Bureaucratism. You have two cows. The state takes both, shoots one, milks the other, 
then throws the milk away. Traditional capitalism. You have two cows. You sell one and buy a bull. You, your herd multiplies and the economy grows. You hire people. You sell them and retire on the income. Venture capitalism. All right, hang with me here. You have two cows. You sell three of them to your publicly listed company using letters of credit opened by your brother-in-law at the bank, then execute a debt equity swap with an associated general offer so that you get all four cows back with a tax exemption for five cows. The milk rights of the six cows are transferred via an intermediary to a Cayman Island company secretly owned by a majority shareholder who sells the rights to all seven cows back to your listed company. The annual report says the company owns eight cows with an option on one more. An American corporation. You have two cows. You sell one and force the other to produce the milk of four. Later, you hire a consultant to analyze why that cow has dropped dead. A French corporation. (laughs) You have two cows. You go on strike. You organize a riot. And block the roads because you want three cows. <laughs> Let me say this one again. A French corporation. You have two cows. You go on strike, organize a riot, block the roads because you want three cows. An Italian corporation. You ready, Bass? An Italian corporation. You have two cows, but you don't know where they are. You decide to have lunch. (laughs) You have two cows, but you don't know where they are. You decide to have lunch. That's the Italian model. Uh, Swiss Corporation, you have 5,000 cows. None of them belong to you. You charge lavishly the owners for storing them. A Chinese Corporation, you have two cows. You have 300 people milking them. You claim that you have full employment and high bovine productivity. You arrest the newsman who reports the real situation. An Indian corporation. You have two cows. You worship them both. Holy cow. A British corporation. You have two cows. Both are mad. An Iraqi corporation. Everyone thinks you have a lot of cows. You tell them you have none. Nobody believes you, so they bomb the crap out of you and invade your country. You still have no cows, but at least you are now a democracy. An Australian corporation, you have two cows. Business seems pretty good. You close the office and go for a few beers to celebrate. New Zealand corporation, you have two cows. The one on the left looks very attractive. There's one more, the Greeks. But alas, will it have to wait until Monday? More news, more history then. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.